Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the Nina Kauser Show. Early kickoff. Liverpool, clearly not a morning team. A bit disappointing. Threw away a few points, but bigger fish to fry. Two all against West Brom at the Hawthorns. But like I said, bigger fish to fry, but it would have been nice to have played our part in relegating those assholes. Um, but that's enough from me. You don't want to, you don't want to hear about my rants. I have got two amazing guests lined up for you and a somewhat iconic caller on the Nina Kaza show. So watch this space, people. Um, I, and you know, let's get straight into this. Let me introduce my panel. First up, it's been a while since I've had him on my show. We all know him as the podcast slag. It's Guy Drinkle, podcaster, producer, editor. The guy can do it all. Uh, welcome to the show, Guy. Yeah, uh, hi Nina. It hasn't been that long. I was on the Everton game. <laughs> just feels long because I'm normally on every two weeks. <laughs> it does feel long, and also because you've not been on Face Off all that much as well. So I've I've kind of been missing you, but you know, keep that to yourself. <laughs> keep that to yourself, sir. Right, well, Guy, it's great to have you back. It does seem like an age ago since that Everton game. And joining Guy now, this guy, it literally has been forever since he's been on my show. I can't remember the last time he was on my show. He is a writer for Ranfield Index. He is a podcaster. You've heard him many a times on the Writers Podcast. It's Mr. Ollie Emerson. Ollie, welcome to the show. You're right, Nina. Thanks for having me on again. I thought I'd been blacklisted, so it's nice to be Absolutely. back on this one. Absolutely not, but it has been ages. I'm writing. It has been ages. Me. Yes. Memory like a goldfish, me. Right, guys, uh, and joining us, we have, like I said, um, we have one caller. I'm doing everything today. I'm producing. I'm doing everything. This should be interesting. But my caller is a little bit iconic. People actually ask me, when is he going to call into your show again? <clears throat> you know what? The people ask, so I listen, and here he is. It's Cressy Davis, AI Pro subscriber. The guy that makes you feel good about anything. Luckily, we don't lose. But Cressy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Nina. That was an amazing introduction. Not sure you're talking about the right person. Oh, no, I absolutely um, am. I absolutely <laughs> am. And you know what? I'm going to shout someone out as well. Rory Greenfield, I did movie night with him. And he says to me, when are you going to have that guy back on Cressy? I've not heard him in ages. And I'm like, spoiler alert, he's on this weekend. So there you go. Great thing is that I'm in London now, and I'm set to to visit Anfield for the Champions League. I heard. League. So I heard. Matt I'm, I'm chuffed about that. Mm? 
I'm, I'm really, really chuffed about that. Can't wait to <clears throat> bring on Roma. Absolutely. I'm so happy for you. Yes, I'm happy for myself. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be right. You know what? <laughs> Uh, you are an optimistic, upbeat dude, but I've got to ask you your thoughts on what What would you like to share about that game today? You know, we've got a panel here. Well, I wanted to ask what the panel um, think about the starting side, you know, and the rotation that took place from a functional point of view. Um, you know, I I thought we had a lot of trouble syncing our, our, our movements. And that probably led to West Brom growing into the game. But also, maybe some of the starters got tired. People like Gomez um, and Aldi. But yeah, let's hear what they have to say. You know what? They are the perfect people for this podcast because both of these two are Moreno fanboys. So this is going to be really interesting. Uh, Guy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to you first on this one. First of all, what did you make of uh, the rotation and in terms of Klopp having sort of like an A team that he kind of plays, you know, he's got to think about the Champions League as well. And obviously the B team, which pretty much featured against Everton and some of it, parts of it played today. Your thoughts on that? Do you think? There is a drop in quality. Um, I think there, I think there is obviously a drop in quality, especially in some positions. But I don't think it helps that the players we've brought in as well have been injured or out. Or say, yeah, 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 yeah that kind of adds to it. I mean, I know I've obviously got a massive Moreno agenda bias. What the hell are you going to call it? But I don't think Direction. the gap. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't think the gap between Robertson and Moreno is as big as, as the performance that Moreno put in a day. He obviously had a bit of a stinker. I'm not even going to try and defend that. But I think if he was up and running, I don't think the gap between him and Robertson is is as wide as it's shown today. Mm-hmm. So I think, we're, I think we're fine there in terms of depth. But Moreno hasn't played in three months. I think the last game he played was West Brom in the FA Cup which was, I think, the start of February or maybe the end of January. So, yeah, he hasn't played in months and he's had the odd sub-appearance, obviously. And then he had another injury because he was meant he was taken out the Everton squad, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that helps. Gomez hasn't played for about a month and a half, I don't think. So that doesn't help. He looked really rusty and sloppy. And Clavan, he hasn't played regular football. I think he, the these last couple of periods have been his first game since the start of January or something like that. So, yeah, I think, especially in the back four, like, it's all about familiarity, isn't it? And just muscle memory and just building up relationships. And I think we saw that today, that that is a completely new back four. Like, even Van Dyke's moving out of his normal left-side centre-back position, isn't it? So, I think in the mid... I think in the defence, you could see that it, it was a struggle of probably un, not match-fit players. And... um a bit of drop-off in quality. Uh, midfield, we'll obviously talk about performance and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but obviously we, ha- I think we had to protect Ox a bit because he, he, obviously he, I know he's played a, a shed load more minutes than he did at Arsenal, but you still want to protect him and stuff like that. Um, but the midfield just kind of looked, it just looked really poor today. I'm not sure if that was down to tiredness or not, but we, we really do lack options there, especially with Chan injured. And then up front, um, I was probably expecting two. I was expecting probably Solanke to play as well, but I, I was happy with the three. Um, I think Ings playing is he offers more than uh, Solanke. I mean, Solanke may be good at the press and stuff like that, but Ings 
at least has some sort of a threat. So yeah, I was happy with the I was happy with the team before the performance. I mean, but looking back, I think you can kind of caveat stuff why there were so many poor performances. But the, for me, the main concern after the game was probably the midfield because that is our that is probably our closest thing to starting yeah. midfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's probably my main concern coming out of it. But no, I don't think there's long term worry at the moment. But we do need more options looking ahead. We do, and, you know, I think Ollie's absolutely spot on when he goes, you've got an unhealthy obsession with Moreno, because I think you're more obsessed with Moreno than I am with Keanu Reeves, but, you know, that is another story for another day. <laughs> I, I genuinely do believe that. I think you rival that obsession. Ollie, I'm going to come to you. I think Guy's made some really interesting points and excellent points, and you can completely understand why Klopp would have to rotate. Um, I just feel like, um, and also the rotation and these games in between these big Champions League games, do seem somewhat like in you know like favorable like you're playing West Brom you know it's not like you're playing Manchester United and stuff so you kind of think well I can bring in a Danny Ings and I can bring on a Joe Gomez and see how he does and and a Moreno and you kind of expect the team to get the job done because I feel like it should have got the job done today yeah I tend to agree I think that's the thing with Picking these sort of teams is there always the, there is always the risk that it's going to go a bit pear shaped and you look at it for seventy five minutes and you say like West Brom had their spells but Liverpool pretty much managed the game well I think we've seen a few times lately where um, we've put these sort of we it's not it's not necessarily a like full scale weekend team but it's been three or four players you'd have expected to start if we had a Champions League final that day that have been taken out for whoever like Robertson today Oxlade Chamberlain came out Firmino didn't start and you take the risk and, but the thing I sort of really agree with Guy on is that. I think you can you can make excuses for the defence to an extent because, like we said, it's a new back four. Clavan, um, Moreno and Gomez have all had injury struggles recently. So it's not like players that have been training for months waiting for their chance. They've all been sort of uh, struggling, struggling with knocks at times. Um, so it, therefore, it's sort of the midfield that concerns me based on the fact that at least we've got Oxlade Chamberlain to come back in. I think it's testament to how sort of crucial he's become that he was the one who was rotated today. And similarly for Milner last week, but we could, like, it w- wouldn't be a huge shock to see that Henderson, Milner and Wijnaldum line up against Roma on Tuesday. Mm. And they completely lost that battle today, which is what worried me more necessarily than sort of the fact of the lack of depth with the rotation, which I think you've got to do. I think given our position in the league, um, the fact that I think we I think we need still need a win and a draw to secure a finish ahead of Chelsea or maybe not to lose at the bridge. But we should despite today, we should still, you know, get into the top four with, you know, relative ease. So you can sort of make excuses and say, Well, you know, we're gonna do this and if it goes a bit pear shaped then you can let them off because hopefully it's gonna do better on Tuesday. But when that sort of thing does happen, it does heap a bit little bit more pressure onto the already sort of mammoth task that we're facing over two legs against Roma. Absolutely. And uh, Cressy, I'm going to bring you in as well. Guy and Ollie, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Let's have a little discussion on this. Um, How do we feel about Klopp and his rotation? Because I think he's gotten a lot more savvier with it. And I think it's kind of helped with the simple fact that, like you've just said, Ollie, um, we, we kind of need to win one game and draw one to kind of see. We're in a healthy position to get fourth. It's all in our hands. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on on that. Do we think Klopp has learned from previous mistakes from previous seasons, where you know practically he just played everyone until they got injured? Was that down to him not trusting his personnel, or you know the fact that he didn't know how to rotate, or he didn't have the right players at his disposal? So um, I'm opening that up to all of you, Kwesi. I'll come to you first. I, I think what has happened is that there's an improved synergy between the backroom staff, people like Kornmeyer and 
Klopp himself. Because if you remember, he brought him in from Bayern Munich. And even though it was on Klopp's recommendation, those things take a while to really gel properly. And I think now what we're seeing is results of that. Um, and I'm happy with the rotation. I, I was actually happy with the midfield because I felt they played to instruction. In other words, don't get too greedy. Knock it around. Control the game. I mean, you could see people making a conscious effort not to look for a through pass every time they got the ball, but instead just keep it sort of recycled. And it would have worked fine. I mean, that game up until about the, what, the, the 80th minute or something was a 2-0 game. That's what it was. But in the back line, we had people who were just a little, fell a little short. And that's what happened in my mind. I'm okay, absolutely okay with this general performance. With Albi, you could see his tackling went off. The moment he got tired, that was it. He has to concentrate not to leave his feet. He has to concentrate not to tackle with his backside. Um, these are problems he has when he's not concentrating. Ergo, he's not match fit. And, uh, but it was a great opportunity to get them match fit. You never know. Never know. He might need Albion on the left or right wing during the, the Champions League. So it's, it's all good for me. Lads, your, your response to that? Yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with the uh, with rotation in in general. Uh, I mean, you, you, we've all seen the uh, the benefits of it. I think the Man City game kind of highlights it perfectly. Um, Man City looked dead on dead on the feet, and I think they haven't rotated at all compared to what we have. And I think at a stage we were the most rotated team in the league. And albeit we looked a bit tired today, whether it was unfitness or tiredness, um, it has obviously benefited us quite a lot throughout the season. Just we kinda need to have a squad um that is big big enough to be rotated to these key months to the last few months of the season. So this is now the home stretch, isn't it? We we need we need um a squad that's pretty much match fit, kind of in kind of in a rhythm um and performance. But the only bad thing about today is as we said in the early part we're dropping people in who've had very sporadic um, games, but I can I can kind of see why he's gone off the rotation a bit because as at the home stretch you want your best team every week. Um, and if say if we had top four um, sewn up, which we nearly do, uh, it'd take kind of a minor miracle, and and I, everyone would be fuming and looking back at this game if we did screw it up. But you kind of want your t- you kind of want your best team just in such a good rhythm when it comes to the Roma game, till it comes to the Man City type games. So I can kind of see why he's just kind of keeping the same team going. So yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I think the I think the good work was done earlier on in the season. We we see the benefits of it now, but we we do still have to protect people, especially midweek games. But I think this will be our this will be our last two midweek games. So I think we'll just see strong teams throughout from now on, really. Ah, hear you. Um, I, uh, I think that's a, a really good observation there. That it is just two semi-finals now. That's it. Midweek games. Uh, Ollie, um, your final thoughts on on the rotation and has Klopp le- um, uh, learnt from his previous mistakes? I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of us noticed it sort of during October, November time. There were little tink- tinkers being made where he was sort of pulling the odd person out every game. 
and you're sort of saying, oh, why have they got a knock? And it turns out it was just rotation. I think we sort of saw the uh, seeds of that come to light in the sort of fantastic run from the Spurs game, which sort of managed to stretch on so far and has allowed us to maintain such good form in both the league and Europe mm. earlier, sort of in, in the last couple of months. I think that's sort of testament to what Klopp did in the first half of the season that maybe last season he was a bit guilty of in terms of we were very gung-ho when we sort of all thought we were going to win the league in the first half of the season. And then sort of the second half, we had that terrible spell in January and then we sort of defended and set pieced our way to top four. Whilst this season, I think it's been a much more sort of consistent game plan all the way through and that's we've been allowed to do that because we've had players fit and fresh. And then you are going to get days like today where we're not really resting players for the season as a whole. We're resting players because we played a Champions League semi-final on Tuesday. I'm sure if you know if I if you went on Twitter before the game and said you know what we're going to rest players and we're going to draw today but we're going to win on Tuesday I'm pretty sure everyone would be like fair enough I think it's just maybe the way the, the draws come about having been two 0 up and then you know throwing it away later on that people might kick off a bit more but you know it's a, another no one's injured it's another point closer to the Champions League next season and you know we we go go on go again on Tuesday and you know you, you never know maybe the sort of you know maybe we'll be a bit angry here as a result and it might help the uh, Tuesday result, you never know, but yeah, I think uh, Klopp this season's rotation's been fairly spot on, and there is always the risk that days like today are going to happen, but as you said at the start of the show, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry, so as long as we do indeed fry those fish and have them for our supper, then you know, we're not going to look back at the sort of our starter for the week with uh, too much uh, worry. I shouldn't really use those kind of analogies. I'm a vegetarian, but you know, and <laughs> yeah, I, I need to up my game. Cressy, um, before we let you go, um, any final words, thoughts, any yeah, words yeah. of wisdom? Just one more point, you know. Um, the only team left in the Champions League who can go route one comfortably is, well, I suppose it's Lewandowski, but it really is Roma. And so this was an ideal preparation. Rondon, I think, played the role of Edin Dzeko perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that rough and tumble sort of thing would have given us good practice for that. So I'm happy with that. Uh, hopefully, Lovren will be fit and ready for Tuesday. I know he was just being rested today. So, yeah, we should be good. Awesome stuff, Cressy. And yeah, hopefully. man, bring on Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully I might bump into you. Uh, that That would be a pleasure. Right. To meet the famous Nina Kosa. Oh, whatever. To meet my, my <laughs> fav, my favorite caller. But you know what? Let's do this, Cressy. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Indeed, you God's will. God's willing. Catch right. you later. Cheers, mate. Bye bye now. Thank you, Cressy. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so that was our one and only caller, Cressy Davis. Uh, look forward to seeing him on Tuesday. Happy days. Now it's just myself, Guy Drinkle and Ollie and we're kind of, we're just going to discuss uh, the team and let's just see how it goes from there. Okay. Um, Ollie, I'll come to you first. Goalkeeper, uh, Carius. I mean, overall, I thought, you know, the performance was a pretty meh kind of performance. I think we've all alluded to that given all the changes and stuff being made, but I thought he was really alert for most parts of the game. I, I wouldn't put him at fault for the goals either. Yeah. I think. I think the, undoubtedly his best bit of the game was when Neon tried to score from 70 yards and he had the audacity just to chest it down and be like, what are you doing, mate, and carry on. That was fantastic. Um, the first goal, I think he's actually fouled a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's up for debate. We'll, we'll get, we'll get onto the referee later. Um, and then the, the second one, people will come and 
they'll say, you know, he comes out and it, it looks like it's bad goalkeeping because he comes out and he doesn't get there and Rondon just heads it in. But equally, if Karius sort of stays on his line, you're going to win. Ron, 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 and yeah, that's the thing. And Rondon's header goes in regardless. As in, Karius can do unless Karius jumps on Rondon from you know as soon as the free kick's taken. I don't think there's anything Karius can do there. He can't get to the ball if he stays in his line. The Rondon powers his header into the corner. I just think it looks worse when you know he comes and the striker sort of heads it into an empty net. But I was looking at the re- that and that is the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, is Karius sort of you know. Left, left the goal unattended there, but Rondon slams the header into the corner regardless of what Karius does. So I think you've got to look at who's picking him up for that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I thought he was fine apart from that. Um, he made, when Claman left, left him up shit creek without a paddle, he made quite a good sort of little push away just as Rondon was getting in. Um, a couple of tidy things apart from that. So yeah, I, th- I think he was alright. You'll get people that aren't his biggest fan that will come out and look at that second goal, but I don't think you can, I I, you can argue that what he did wasn't the right thing to do, but I don't think he could have done anything to stop it, really. And yeah, other than that, fine. It's a, it's a shame that he's not picked up another clean sheet because he's been in such a rich vein of form for them recently. But yeah, nothing really to worry about from him today. I hear you. Uh, Guy, I'm going to come to you. Uh, we are going to discuss the defence, but another thing that kind of... Um, I think Ollie's made some really good observations there about Carrius. Another thing that I kind of noticed, and we're going to discuss the defence at length um, straight after we discuss Carrius, but something that I kind of noticed, and I think Klopp uh, alluded to this too, like he kind of mentioned that their pitch being dead dry, but I felt like some of the passes to Carrius were a little short, certainly from Gomez, and I felt like he anticipated those really well and just you know, matched him and, you know, met met the distance of the pitch and, and claimed him. And that, I found that quite impressive as well. I thought his reactions were pretty decent. Yeah, I think he, I think he, he's just quite comfortable being a sweeper keeper. I mean, some, some of the stuff looked a bit panicky today compared to his normal self. But yeah, I think Ollie was quite spot on with Carries. I mean, he did look a bit panicky at times. Just, I mean, that Clavan thing, that was... It's it's all about familiarity and stuff, especially with sweeping. So maybe he would have expected Van Dyke, who would have been in that position normally, to uh, take it under his wing or let it, or leave it. But um, yeah, he, he's just much more comfortable. He's just a much more comfortable sweeper than what we've seen in goal um, for a good few years, really. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame him for the second goal. Uh, I won't really blame him for anything. If anything, he was he was pretty decent. I think um, he stopped. I can't remember who was the Western player, but he made that interception kind of thing, didn't he? Where he kind of chested it, chest saved it. So I think Carrius was good, and it's just a shame that we kind of didn't help him keep a clean sheet. Um, so yeah, I think Carrius just a a decent day for him, but he did he did look a bit panicky. But I can kind of understand that when he's got a complete new back four in front of him. Yeah, good point there. Absolutely um, great point. And speaking, uh, Guy, I'll stick with you. Speaking about the defence, of course, three changes made there. I feel like, you know, those goals conceded, they were like sort of individual, stupid, brain fart Mm -hmm. moments again. And I think that is largely down to the fact that these players have not played together. There's not that that kind of understanding. Uh, Also, the lack of match sharpness, fitness, I think all that plays into it. You know, seeing at the game as well. Like, I'm not too mad. I I think it's more circumstantial rather than the players being bad. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, I know people will be will be fuming and rightly so at, at the defence, and I imagine the fullbacks will be getting the pelters as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I mean, ju- they were I'm poor, not... but I I know why they were poor. If yeah. that makes sense. 
yeah, you can, you can you can make you can make understandable um, excuses for him, can't you? I think, as I said earlier, Moreno played one game this this year. I think um, Gomez been injured. Uh, it, it 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 just it just looked like a team that was coming back from injury, or the defenders looked like players coming back from injury, and Moreno obviously some getting skinned quite a lot by Matty Phillips. Um, Matty Phillips has obviously had a really bad season, but last season he was one of the better players in the lower half of the Premier League. So he is obviously a decent player, and you can see you can see that there is a player there, and he was um, he basically just had Moreno on toast. But fortunately, nothing came from those errors and stuff like that. I mean, it doesn't excuse the, the poor performance, let's be honest, but nothing came from that. Gomez... He just kind of looked sloppy all day. I mean, you mentioned the back passes, didn't you? Um, but on the second goal, which obviously led came from the free kick, Gomez just didn't look aware at all. He just didn't look that ass. So maybe Gomez um, was more unfit than we thought, but needs must, I suppose. I think um, they mentioned it on Fatigue Index that Gomez shouldn't be playing Premier League football. Um he could kind of see that in the performance. Maybe he needed a, a warm-up under-23 game or a sub-appearance or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it just really it just really looked out of sync. And I think you could probably say that about the entire team, really. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the defence was poor, but I think you can caveat. The rest of the team you can probably analyse a bit more because it's the regular people. But, yeah, the defence... I'm, I'm not going to have any lingering thoughts on it, but... I think they'll get pelters today, and probably rightfully so. Absolutely, and Ollie, I'm going to come to you. Of, of course, I want to I want to hear your response to um, Guy's comments there. I, my memory's a little hazy, considering we just played like three minutes ago. Uh, but when did Klopp go? I mean, we we got to a back three, and it, it kind of frustrates me because we do, and we're rubbish at it. We're rubbish at it. Yeah, I'm not, we we can't see it. Oh, I, I can't. I'm sh- I'm sure he actually did do it once, and it and it turned out good. But we went to a back three, and it just why? <laughs> yeah, as in, I I I just think that we don't. It doesn't instill any confidence in me. I don't think that we needed it. It's not like like West Brom were having a little charge. Their fans were you know getting off their seats and putting their pies down for a minute, and they were getting the odd corner. But you know, we were like sort of rising it out. I don't think. I think it's sometimes. I think sometimes it just instills a bit of worry, maybe in the team when, like, you see, oh, you know, boss wants us to go to a back five. Does he think we're gonna, you know, screw this up? Um, but equally, you know, if we just stayed at back four and someone had like cut us open with a pass, then you know, you say, oh, why don't you put another defender in there? So it's like six one after the other. Um, on the sort of defence in general, I think, like Guy said, I, I haven't got lingering worries because I think the thing with sort of the team today was that. When you get a rotated team, normally you'll get players that are coming into the team and they're busting the gut because they want to get noticed. But if you sort of look at the the squad today, there's half the team that are going to play on Tuesday and they're just trying to get through the game with a half-decent result and no injuries. So they're, they're a bit lax and that doesn't help the performances of those who are trying to impress. And let alone those who are trying to impress, Gomez knows that Trent's going to start on Tuesday because otherwise Gomez wouldn't have played today. Mm. Moreno knows that Robertson's locked in left back for the rest of the season. Clavan's about 72 and knows that he's not going to be pushing for a week in, week out place anytime soon. Ings is probably the only one, you know, that's like really trying to like knock on the door, but equally he knows that he's not getting ahead of Firmino. 
Um, so I think it, it can be hard when players, especially when they've had injuries and stuff and they haven't played with each other in that, so these sort of combinations, it's hard to come in and have that sort of flow when people know that half the team aren't that bothered. You know, people are, they're probably not going to get a chance on Tuesday or whatever, even if they do play well. And it can sort of contribute to sort of just some, not like a lack of commitment, but like we say, just sort of the switching off, the sort of lax play. I felt like today as well. I certainly felt today, guys, and feel free to chip in whilst we are on the defence. I felt Virgil van Dijk actually had a very good game as he usually does. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And uh, what I felt that he was doing was he was actually like uh, in some parts where, you know, maybe questions could be asked of certain defenders due to um, match sharpness, fitness, um, all them things. I felt like he was doing a lot of other people's work. Yeah, I, th- I thought I th- actually thought it was I've just seen something on Twitter now, which is um, some player ratings from an outlet that I will not name, but it's one of, it's one of the national newspapers, and it's uh, as Mo Salah's player ratings as Mo Salah stars from Virgil van Dijk struggles. I um, thought it was kind, of, kind of the other way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy, your <laughs> thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And I've just I've just seen which paper it is. You can you can guess it's uh, one of the shit ones. <laughs> but yeah, um, I yeah I thought that Van Dijk was fine. Uh, I don't think he was particularly at fault for either goal. I thought he handled Rondon quite well. Um, yeah, it's easy to look at and say, oh, the defense were like this, that, and the other when you've chucked a couple away. But like we said, it's sort of. There was always the risk of conceding the silly goal because of the team that we put out and the sort of the fact that no one is anyone really that arsed about like today is in. I'm just pretty sure a few people would have woke up this morning and turned off their alarms when we watched the second half. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? But I don't like like we said, it's not like West Brom were calmness apart for 90 minutes. It's just a couple of stupid goals, which you know would be would be a worry if it was a you know serious game and we were playing the first team because then everyone would come out with the old Liverpool are still rubbish defensively. But you know, we're playing lads that are just coming back from injury and when half the other set of lads are like looking forward to Tuesday. So, you know, these things might happen but it doesn't mean that they're gonna happen on Tuesday. So yeah, that, so yeah, going back to Van Dyke just quickly, I, I do think he was good. I think he handled Rondon fine and I'm I'm not particularly concerned about the threat of Jekko on Tuesdays and any more than I should be concerned about the threat of a striker that's like scored 20 goals this season. I think we've got enough to keep him relatively quiet. Absolutely bang on opinions there about, um, you know, the defence not being overly concerned because <clears throat> I think you're right. It's not like we've been throwing away games all season, you know, since Van Dyke's come in. I've definitely, definitely, definitely seen a significant in- improvement in, in our defence and, you know, the, the performance even in the likes of, you know, people like Dejan Lovren in the Champions League, et cetera, et cetera. So you definitely do see an uplift in, in the defensive displays. And it's, I think it certainly helps carries as well. I, I think you, I think you're absolutely spot on there. Right, guys, we're going to move on to midfield and I'm going to come to you, Guy, on this one. Um, your thoughts on the midfield because it is a concern. I think you alluded to this. That midfield is going to start. I think the only thing that kind of indicates that maybe, um, Ox probably start against Roma because Milner played and obviously Ox was rested today. My thoughts about that midfield was I thought it was very, very pedestrian. I don't think that was a, a standout in any way, shape or form in terms of somebody who, who kind of raised their game in the midfield. It was just a bit flat for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I and think I, flat's I, and probably I being generous. Know, <laughs> and I don't know if that's because they kind of know that they're playing so therefore maybe don't overdo it today. Mhm. Yeah, possibly. I think Flat's probably being a bit generous, to be honest, mm-hmm. Nina. Um, 
I think Milner started the game okay. He did try a couple of things. I think he did a nice cross in like the first few minutes. But other than that, all three of them collectively were just pretty much garbage, in in my opinion. Ginny didn't do much like usual when he has a bad game. He kind of goes hard and stuff like that. People can defend it however they want. But when when your team's struggling and stuff like that, if if you've got the ability that G- we know Ginny Wijnaldum has, he should step up, not go hiding. Henderson. He did a nice pass, which probably McLean should have cut out. But other than that, I don't think he did anything. Even defensively. He watched West Brom players run past him quite a lot. Yeah. Defensively, he was shocking the day. That's West Brom, and he was getting battered by Jake Livermore. <laughs> Jake <laughs> Livermore. Yeah. Eng- England international Jake Livermore. Yeah. The hallmark uh, of quality. His teammate. <laughs> um, but yeah... It, Defensively and attacking, they were, they were pretty embarrassing for me. Um, Milner, was, it, was it Henderson that gave away the free kick for the second goal? I think so. It was kind of a big blur because I kind of knew we were going to concede as soon as that was given. So I was like, oh, for sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it was. I think people saying it was a bit soft, but I'd have to, I'd have to go back and watch it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the midfield was shocking today. Um, I think we saw when Ox came on that he kind of, I don't know, he was playing right wing, but he did kind of come narrow for his assist. He did chip into the midfield, I thought he did yeah, as well. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that. So, so I think we, we really missed Chan and Ox in midfield today, but mm. we, we, saw it in, we saw it on the last big occasion we played. The midfield stepped up massively, so we can just hope that they do it again because I think most people would agree that Ginny and Henderson have had really... Well, poor to average at best seasons. Um, so hopefully they step up again. I think Milner's overperformed for everyone. Ox has grew into it. Chance had a good season for me. I know people he, he divide, divides opinion, but I think the midfield it, it really struggles for consistency at, at the minute. But hopefully they step up again. Absolutely. And Ollie, I'm going to come to you because I think guys made some really excellent points. And one of the things I will say is, you know. I think West Brom were a bit, well, we already know this, they were a bit of a nasty bastard side. And I think you kind of sometimes need those options in the likes of like Emre Jean and maybe that kind of personnel or that kind of personality was really missing in that midfield today. Yeah, I think maybe we need a bit of Marco Gruich today. Someone that's not actually that good with his feet, but he's quite happy to kick lads. That'd be helpful, especially since the referee just wasn't interested in giving any cards out at all, apart yeah. from when Paul Little be slung a leg. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of sympathy for the midfield in that the pitch was very dry and Klopp's absolutely roasted West Brom. He's, in his post-match interview, he said that you know they, they don't have to walk. They like he said the pitch is too dry. They, they West Brom don't have to water it. It looked they, it as well. It yeah. really he did. Said, he said West Brom don't have to water it. They don't have to water it next year in the Championship either, <laughs> which is so sensational. Uh, snide from Kloppo. but yeah, regardless of that, like they were poor. As in, I feel, this is what I'm saying, that sort of everything's a bit meh, as in defensive performance meh, carriers meh, the midfield bit meh. They're just all a bit, it's all a bit much for much. They all look like they'd rather be sitting in the park with ice cream. Um, Henderson was poor defensively. Wijnaldum didn't really see him. Nice lay- layoff brings his goal. Not really sure if he meant it or if he was trying to control it for a touch himself, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, Milner was probably the best of a relatively bad bunch. Like Guy said, a couple of nice crosses early on. Um, he shows himself, doesn't he? I think that's one thing you can't, you can't bash Milner because he, in that regard, he does remind me of Emre And If he has a good game, you see it. If he has a bad game, you see it. He doesn't yeah, hide. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He's always like showing, willing, trying to make things happen. 
Um, he, he was charging down the left in the late, late on when we were trying to find a winner. Um, and yeah, he'll, I'm hoping that he'll pull it out of the bag again on Tuesday as he has been in recent weeks in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, midfield were just, I think we are all concerned generally about sort of, head, there are these games that Wijnaldum hides too much in and Henderson lets players run past him far too easily. But, Equally, when it's hard to criticise them too much when they have been on it, when it's really mattered lately in the Champions League. So you can sort of, you know, you can say like, days like this will happen, but just don't let it happen on the big occasion. But equally, like the, the defensive stuff, we were saying, you know, there's a range of factors that you can look at and say that what, you can say like, it happens today, but it's very unlikely to happen on Tuesday. Whilst that sort of thing with the midfield, as we've said, you know, that could feasibly, we expect Oxlade Chamberlain to come in. But if he picked up a knock, no one would like raise too many eyebrows if that was on midfield three on Tuesday. And when that's sort of getting bypassed by West Brom, like bottom of the league players, that is a sort of concern for the future, whilst the defensive stuff today wasn't really for me. I think you're spot on, but I am going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. And guys, feel free to chip in. You know, this is West Brom. Uh, they beat Manchester United over the weekend. And I feel at this point of the season, the worst teams you can possibly face are the teams that are in the relegation scrap. I think you're right there. As in, mm-hmm. we've got Stoke and Brighton at home in our last, as, as, as our two of our last, well, we're not, we've got Chelsea away in between and then we've got Stoke home next week and Brighton on the last day. I think Stoke are 19th and Brighton are 13th. And I'd much rather play Brighton because you sort of want to be playing the teams that are sort of in holiday mode at this point of the season whilst West Brom, they are going to scrap for it. And you could argue that Liverpool were in holiday mode a bit today and ready for Tuesday whilst West Brom obviously did have everything to fight for. And therefore, there's going to be a bit more power thrust, you know, gusto in there, which might, which may, fair enough, be sort of a reason for the uh, sort of lack of quality late on. Mm. Just look at the Bournemouth game last week. They, could they have been less asked? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were so bad. Bournemouth were so bad. I actually thought we played Watford last week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's like as soon as the first goal went in against Bournemouth, you think that's game over, and we we had a, we all had a nice afternoon in the sunshine. Whilst today, you know, West Brom, they've got nothing to lose; they had to go for it. So even at two 0 you know, they were still plugging away trying to make something happen, and that's what you're going to get from teams that are fighting for their lives. But thankfully for us, because we don't we don't really enjoy playing West Brom. Uh, thankfully for us, we're probably not going to have to play them next year because I don't think they're going to manage to survive. Fingers crossed. I know I sound like a bitch, but I'm not asked. Ollie, I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about the attack. And I feel like what we'll do with the attack is maybe discuss player by player because I felt like can we, we'll... Can we do Ings last and then talk about the referee at the same time? Absolutely, because I kind of feel like, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, I feel like they are one. Yeah, they absolutely are. It's like, he really didn't like Danny Ings, but you know, we're going to save that for later. Okay, let's let's talk about Sadio Mane. Guys, let's discuss Sadio Mane because I thought, even in the first half, when we looked a bit meh, despite us being a goal up very early, I felt like he was the guy that was actually trying. From the attack, yeah. I felt like he he had a very positive performance, in my opinion. I feel like he had his balls out a bit today, which... Um, as in talking about sort of this season, we've seen he's done the numbers, but we've not seen sort of the flowing, flary football that we know he can produce. And I think over the last sort of month, two months, two months, we're seeing that coming back in, and that's sort of demonstrated by the lovely little flick over yeah. Rodriguez, I believe, or was it Dawson? One of the Grocks for um, the uh, opening goal, 
Um, like I said, I think his first off was better than his second, probably because he was slowing down a bit little ahead of Tuesday. Oh, he was, I think he was brought off, wasn't he? Um, so yeah, I think he was good. Nice bit of flair. He's, he's starting pl- playing that sort of, I think he's adapted now, sort of later on in the season to the new sort of left wing role where he's allowing whoever's behind him, Robertson or Moreno, to get on the overlap and he's dropping in. He's using his skills. He's using his dribbling. He's playing some really nice passes. So yeah, so I, th- I think he was probably the star of the front three today and probably one of the best performers in the team as a whole, although it wasn't particularly hard to, you know, fit into that category. Yeah, it really wasn't, because like, I think we'll say it's been a bit of a meh game. Uh, Guy, your thoughts on Sadio Mane? Yeah, I think he was trying stuff. I think, God, it's going to sound weird talking about a drag pitch as a, as a reason, but I think you could see it with some, some of his passes, and especially that it was kind of falling short and stuff like that. It was never gonna... the whole pitch though, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never gonna blame a pitch for for dropping points because it just sounds so petty. It's, it's I think not though. Could... I think it's a legit. <laughs> honest to God, uh, I think uh, the condition of a pitch is absolutely legit. I actually first thought, and I hate to sound all anal, and you can judge me as much as you want. I really don't care. But I thought that I initially assumed that the grass was too long and the ball was sticking. Oh, I just can't. I, I know I'm literally the complete opposite of a Premier League footballer in every way. But when you've been at, when I played at school and five aside and shit like that, and I've played on pitches that have rabbit holes and stuff like that, if it's flat, it's a good pitch for me. <laughs> uh, it's uh, something I'd, about I'd, boot, the ball movement, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm down with that. I'm sorry. I'm, I just, I'm, I just can't. I just can't. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I think man, I think Marnie was. I don't want to say bright spark because it it wasn't um, electrifying stuff at times, but I think he was the one. He was the one trying to grab the team and do stuff, and um, it was uh, he just kind of singed out a sink. And uh, we'll talk about Ings in a bit, but I think we kind of missed Firmino for mo- I'm for glad his. Glad you uh, said that. I'm glad yeah, you said that. Yeah, mm. I think we missed him for multiple reasons, but just the fact that he has such a good relationship with both the wide boys mm-hmm. there's so much interplay and he creates space and all that jazz and we we know what for me you know it's understanding just, isn't it yeah, if the back yeah. door settled that front three's really settled as well <laughs> yeah absolutely so I, I think we kind of miss for me you know just the fact that there was something to link up play and then let Salah get on the end of things but we'll talk about Danny Ings but it just isn't the same He he's there to score goals and not do much else is he so we we kind of switched our entire dynamic in the front three, and I think you could see that at times it was, it was, get the ball to Ings, and that was about it. And then you could kind of see it with Salah as well, where he was trying to create rather than score, and he obviously got on the goal sh- uh, on the score sheet. Um, but in the first half, he was kind of skinning people to create stuff rather than um, get on the end of things like mm-hmm. he usually does. But yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Mane was probably the best of the uh, best of the lot today. And sticking with you, Guy, you obviously mentioned Salah then. Uh, of course, you spoke, you guys spoke about a certain paper's rating and saying that he had an, a, a good game and Van Dyke had a poor game. I actually thought he, he was pretty poor by the goal. I wouldn't say poor. He was just kind of not in the game at all, was he? Mm. He's, He's kind, kind of just... It's just waiting to score, wasn't he? Because he knows he's going to. Do you so think? And then, and then when think, he does, you can't really argue. Guys, can I just ask you something? I mean, that's the uh, beauty of him. Like he, like for me, he was a little bit kind of anonymous um, against Bournemouth as well. Not saying he was bad or he was shit. Please don't jump down my yeah. throat, people. Um, 
but yeah. he wasn't his usual self, but he still scores. And that is mm-hmm. a sign of a truly, a very, very good striker or, you know, a goal scorer. But I feel like, um, I don't know how you feel. Do, do you think that he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to like, kind of like absolutely smash these records now? I think, I think it, I think it's maybe going the other way. As in, I think a few weeks ago, we were seeing him try and run games throughout and every time Liverpool were getting the ball, they were giving it to him. Whilst now, I think it's more like, I think Klopp's probably said something, you know, just keep doing what you were doing. The ball will come to you and you will score. And it, like, it wasn't poor today. So he didn't, didn't, didn't really do anything wrong, but maybe it wasn't as involved as we might expect someone who scores 40 goals to be. But, you know, when the chance comes to him, he converts it as in, as if he's already scored say, six. Yeah. I mean, like, so, so cool to finish. Let's talk about his finish today because that ball by Ox and the way he just kind of lifts it over the keeper. See, I, I know we're going to discuss Danny Ings, but that's something that Danny Ings should have done to get his second today. Like, to me, that is just being alert straight away. Yeah, and shout out to Ox. I think Ox has got a couple of assists for Salah now. Cause mm-hmm. There was one against Newcastle where I think he drove forward and slipped it to him and Salah scored. And then there's the one today where it's a nice pass. So uh, those two are sort of forging a nice little relationship on the pitch, which is good. And then, yeah, like we said, sort of, it's the, the difference between, you know, the, the good players and the elite players is that sort of, you know, you don't have to be in the game, but as soon as he gets the chance, finishes, no problem. That's something that you associate with Messi, something you associate with Ronaldo, something you associate with, God, that goal-scoring, bitch, whiny thing that's Harry Kane. You know, they don't have to be involved all afternoon, but when they get the chance, bang, that. finished. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing, you can't argue with it. You can't argue with it when he's got his chance and he's taken it. So, he wasn't particularly involved throughout that, but you can't look at the game and say Mo Salah had a negative contribution. He got his goal, he did his duties going back, and the probably best thing he did was not injure himself ahead of a, a reunion with his old club. Absolutely. And Guy, uh, coming to you on, on Mosala, I, again, you know, we speak, we spoke about the Ox assists and, and stuff. And I think Roberto Firmino was vital in that. And you kind of said that, you know, the front three just function better when he's on. I felt like Mosala, you know, started to look more alert when he had somebody just mm-hmm. buzzing behind him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the team is kind of transformed when you've got that uh, directness of Ox in midfield on the right or whatever, and then you've got Firmino just basically just being the creative hub of the team. I know Mane's role's kind of changed kind of a bit more like Coutinho was, but Firmino linked everything together, and you kind of saw that, especially in the goal. Um, but yeah, Salah's just... Even when he's quiet, he's still just such a threat, and I think um, Oli's saying similarly to Messi and Ronaldo it, it, it's pretty bang on I, I, I can't remember what the stat is but he's only not scored in a few games in the Premier League this season and it doesn't matter if it's the first minute or the 91st minute he, he's just he's just always there you know yeah he's gonna always score. there yeah. I mean like just on a complete weird tangent against Man City at the Etihad soon as the ball went to him I just knew he was going to score Absolutely. Remember, remember when people, remember when we thought you were shit, shit at finishing? <laughs> uh, back in the day. Um, Way back yeah. when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, he, he's brilliant. He's, he's absolutely lethal. And um, that chipped finish is kind of becoming a trademark of his. Uh-huh. <laughs> as soon as he see a keeper just even think about going slightly, even just crouching down, it's in. It's going over his head somehow. It's... Uh, yeah, he's, he's he's just bloody brilliant, and albeit he had a bit of a quiet game, he did his job. He scored the goal. Um, it was just unfortunately the rest of the team that laid it down. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But um, yeah, 
He actually did. To be fair, he did put us in a comfortable uh, position at that Mm -hmm. point. He thought he Mm -hmm. did his job and came off the pitch smiling. So, yeah, I I think those are all valid points. Guys, um, uh, your two cents worth on Firmino before we move on to Danny Ings. Um, I I think he just came on to just kind of warm, you know, warm up a little, have a little run around. And made us look a little bit more... I, I think what I love about Roberto Firmino, and I always say this, just copy and paste it every single week, is when the midfield isn't quite working, I think he is that beautiful link between the attack and the midfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he runs in and he just decides that he can be the midfield and the attack at the same time, mm. and, and he is. Yeah, Yeah, just a nice little run around for him. You know, some, there's some absolute rubbish going on behind him for the last sort of 15 minutes, but... Yeah, hopefully he'll be back in with a bang on Tuesday for another Champions League. I think he's is he joint with Salah as the second top scorer in the Champions League, and I think Mane is maybe fourth because Ronaldo's got about seventeen. But yeah, more goals for him on Tuesday. Good to give him a rest today. But yeah, you can you can see sort of in terms of the transitions and the link up play between the midfield and the attack, or even just the three attackers themselves, how sort of key Firmino is. And it's not a criticism of Ings; it's just. The quality of Firmino mixed with sort of the time that they've all had to forge an understanding and a sort of collective between the three of them. Absolutely. And I think as well, uh, they're just very different players. Like you said, I think um, Danny Ings is there to score goals as for Roberto Firmino creates things for people. He looks up. I think in, to some, in that regard, he kind of reminds me of a Luis Suarez S kind of player in the sense that he's a very intelligent player. He sees things that other mm-hmm. people don't see. And I don't think Danny Ings has that skill set. That is not a slight on Danny Ings. Different players do different things. And I just think he works well because he, he will make space. He's that intelligent guy. He will take defenders places they don't want to go. And I don't think Danny Ings can quite do that. Speaking of Danny Ings, guys, let's discuss Danny Ings. He starts today. Roberto Firmino gets a rest. He scores a goal. He should have had a penalty as well. Um, I think the referee played him something rotten. I want to get your thoughts on, on Danny Ings and, and let's, let's discuss him. Yeah, I mean, it's a lovely moment for him to score. Um, it's a nice little finish on his weak foot. And you've got to say, like, I know it sounds a bit, you know, cringy and cliche, but after having those sort of two really bad injuries and mm-hmm. sort of the mental the men- mental strain that they must have had on him to come back and still be, seems like, you know, looking at, obviously we're looking from the outside, but still seems like a really well-liked guy around the yes. room. Seems to be like a heartbeat, you know, a little bit of a joke and a laugh and stuff like that. So, you know, it was, and you could see you could see that from the celebration. All the team was straight over piling on him. So yeah, it was a nice, and it was a shame sort of what happened after. So yeah, cracking finish, and it's like you say, should have had a penalty, should have had an opponent sent off when uh, Higazi punched him, mm. uh, and then but also he'll be kicking himself because he should have scored for two 0 when Foster comes out. And for credit to Ben Foster for that chance where Salah sort of comes in, it ricochets, and some Ings is in because Foster does really well, gets out to him really quickly, so he can spread himself, and Ings has not got much of an angle. But like we said with the Salah thing, if you've got that sort of quality. A nice little dink over the keeper wouldn't have done us any harm. Yeah. Um, Guy, your your thoughts on, on that? Because what I felt was his first goal was like just instinct. I don't think he had to think about it. I think it was just, mm-hmm. just hit it and it just went in and amazing for him, happy for him. I thought the second one, there was a bit of a thought process there and I think that's what kind of played him. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of what separates the the top top players, mm. isn't it? God, I sound like fucking Paul Merson. <laughs> top top, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, yeah, it's um, it's weird. I think Ings obviously he's kind of got this uh, 
reputation, not reputation, relationship with the fan base. Obviously, he's got his own chant yet. He's not really, he's not really done anything for the club. I think that's just cost coming to Liverpool. You obviously a big move and stuff like that. Getting the two injuries, there's kind of an appreciation there of what he's gone through and stuff like that. So it it was a really nice moment for his for his um, goal and stuff like that. And you could see, you could see it in his face when he was celebrating, just absolute relief. And uh, there's there's doubts about his quality and stuff like that. But for me, he's pro he's definitely second choice behind for me. You know. Because um, I think Solanke's not really ready. At least Ings does stuff, mm-hmm. and albeit Ings is nowhere near Firmino, and we talked about we we missed Firmino with link up play and all that stuff. At least Ings does he does try stuff. I mean, there was an incident. I think it was the second half. He tried he tried to do like a pullback and then dink it over like two defenders who were like yeah. a foot away from him, who were like both six trying to, foot, trying to yeah. find Salah with a flick. Yeah. From, yeah, he's trying, he's trying to dink it over six foot four people. It's like. Uh, it's a bit ambitious, but fair enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think he played well. But it's kind of you kind of got a caveat. It, it it wasn't what we expect from our our centre forward, is it? Mm-hmm. Our centre forward, we expect to create stuff, and obviously Firmino stepped up his goal scoring too. So he he played. It was a good Danny Ings performance. Very very good Dan, Danny Ings performance. But it kind of felt weird for a Liverpool centre forward performance. People probably think I'm chatting shit here, but it kind of just felt it 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 just didn't feel like there was a link there that we usually see. But I'm not I'm not going to blame Ings for that because he's just not that type of player. So I think Ings played well, especially when he's not played Premier League football on a regular basis since he was at Burnley. <laughs> so yeah, I think very good for him. And just to touch on the ref, he. I was kind of, it was kind of growing throughout the game. I was like, oh, uh, he's let off a couple of yellow cards. You can understand that. And then there was probably like two red card incidents because Mo Salah got elbowed in the head as well, didn't he? Um, mm. Can I just, can we just all agree, Hagazi's yeah. a fucking see you next Tuesday. Yeah, but he's mates with Mo, isn't he? So we can't be too mean to him. It'll be, it'll be mad when we sign him. And he's just yeah, he's him mad sign him <laughs> just to like keep Mo, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll love him. I'll love him if we sign him. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he was an absolute twat today. Um, if if he injured someone, I I, I would have like just told Van Dyke to go boot him in the head. <laughs> um, but yeah, the referee was an absolute farce today. I mean, we talk about Mike Dean. I think Craig Parson and John Moss have got shit on, on from AI throughout the year. But I think today is definitely up there with one of the worst. And uh, nothing tops John Moss against Tottenham. Let's be honest. But today. Jesus, but a bloke got it was the shittest punch in the history of punches, but he punched a bloke. It's what you do at the age <laughs> yeah. of five yeah. when you're sat in assembly and you hit the person next to you and you just oh, give them a little digging punch. It was embarrassing. Awesome. Go hard or fucking go home. Yeah, at least chin the bloke. Why yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you may as well. I mean, he's gonna get back. He's gonna get. He's gonna get banned regardless. Yeah. You may as well. Make it count. Some power. <laughs> take, yeah. take, take a trophy. Take some teeth. <laughs> it's like robbing a bank and taking a tenner. <laughs> yeah. but you know what? You know what? I think the ref generally did not like Danny Ings because he gave the free kick the other way, and I was like, "What?" Well, there was that bit where he was like showing that he was punt that he punched him with his yeah. arms, and I thought I thought he was going to book Ings for dissent. I was like, "You mental!" <laughs> oh, but no, the referee, the referee in this country. I mean, I. All I know is his second name was Atwell. Um, but at this moment, you just got to call them the referee because all of them are shit. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I think Michael Oliver is the only one who's acceptable. And I know, I know Nina's probably going to come find me now because he's, he's the booth on ref. <laughs> um, but I think Michael Oliver is probably the only one I can think of who's an okay ref. 
you died for me again. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> how many times are you going to die, guy? No, you know what? I'm I'm over that now. I need to move forward with my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the referees really don't help themselves. I think you know. I think you're spot on about Daniels. He did everything he needed to do. He even tried winning a penalty for the team. He should have had a penalty as well. You can't ask anymore. I think the referees. Uh, I have no idea what he was doing because I think your boss spot on. Ollie, I want to get your thoughts on the referee because he was just like, first of all, just letting everything go. And then I think you kind of pointed out something where, you know, uh, Moreno completely mistimed his tackle and he did completely mistime his tackle and just pulls out a straight yellow when far worse has been committed on the pitch. Yeah, there was some, there was the Rondon one as well, was it in the first half where. He puts oh, one yeah. sort of dodge. Yeah. I can't remember Putin, who it was on. Yeah. Was it on, was it on Things or was it on Salah? I think or was it Milner? It was someone. I think it was one of the midfielders. It was it was it was someone in red. And he puts yeah, in, he puts he puts him <laughs> he puts one of the eleven lads running round. He puts it in one rubbish tackle. It, it yeah, wasn't, it was, there you go. We've narrowed it down then. Ten men now. We've got ten men to carry. It was, they were they were wearing boots and shorts. Um, if that helps. But yeah, it was he put in one dodgy tackle, but probably just enough to play on. Then puts another one in, and the ref just gives him a talking to. Yeah, he was just like he, did, he didn't want to give cards until the happy Spanish lads made a naughty tackle, and then he decided to put it with ice, which I thought was a bit harsh to be honest. But you know what can you do? People are always trying to mess up greatness, aren't they, guy? So yeah, it was just it was rubbish the ref. Um, but like we should have had a penalty. We should have had uh, they should have had a red card. But I suppose like looking at it, the way I see it is, you know, in terms of probability and stuff, we're probably less likely now to have a complete arse of a ref on Tuesday because we've had our bad luck for the week on Saturday that's the positive I'm going to take from it we've had our refereeing we shit we wiped out the Lovren interview that's all that matters oh came, very yeah exactly he came exactly. on fucked up that wiped out the interview it's good we good it's all good oh you know what guys I think we've kind of covered uh, the match pretty well there all the players positions yada 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 any final thoughts, uh, standouts from the game that you want to mention or anything? Um, for me, my, my shout out goes to the traveling cop as always. I thought they were loud. You could hear them. Can I give them my man of the match? Because I'm, I'm, I know, I know you're going to ask and I'm struggling mm-hmm. to think of a player. Um, yeah, yeah, traveling cop the class. You know, it's, it's one of them where, if we draw, there's going to be people fuming about the defence on Twitter. But if, if we, if it had just been a boring game, we'd have drawn nil nil, and people would have just said, "Oh, it's one of those, you know, we're looking ahead to Tuesday." So it's just because we've been two nil and then lost it. It is two points dropped, but equally, you know what? We're in the Champions League semi-finals on Tuesday. We need a win and a draw to secure top four for next season. Bobby Firmino is back in the team on Tuesday. Emre Chan hasn't officially left yet. We don't have to be worrying about, you know, West Brom picking up a point at the Hawthorns before they go down. And guy, I, I could I couldn't word it better than that. Travelling cop, man of the match, and this result, albeit annoying, it's if we've still got a plenty of time to secure top four, so I'm not that arsed unless we fuck it up. Okay, uh, so man of the match goes to travelling cop. Um, before I let you go, uh, you're starting eleven against Roma. Oh, do you want to go first, guy, or do you want me to? Um, I'll go first. Why not? Um, Carius, because well, y- you know. You you know, <laughs> um, Trent. Oh God, it's going to have to be Lovren, Van Dyke, Robbo, uh, Henderson, Ox, and I'd play Milner if he's fit enough. Because I think 
I'm, I'm not sure how. I think Rob will play with a back three, if I remember correctly. So Rob will might need help. Um, so Milner for me, and then, well, the front three. Yeah, I think I think mine would be exactly the same. I'm kind of tempted to throw Genie in just because he likes the big games. But equally, I think I, I don't feel, I feel like Genie did all right at City away in the six. But I feel like if you can only got him and Henderson, you pick Henderson. Uh, and based on their recent performances in the Champions League, you can't take Ox or Milner out. So yeah, Pendle Ox Milner in midfield. Back four picks itself because we've got no Matip and Trent's played so well. And then yeah, the front three. I- I'd go Ings, Solanke, and Moreno. <laughs> I like it. No, guys, that is absolutely awesome. I think I think you're all spot on about the midfield because I think that is going to be the crucial part in that game against Roma because they've got some like veterans. Some snide in their midfield have a Mil- 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 Milner fight the Rossi. Milner v. De Rossi <laughs> is going to be the best size <laughs> contest of all time, and I can't wait for it. Zimmer frames locked. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, that is absolutely brilliant. Um, massive thank you to both Guy and Ollie. Uh, I think they've been absolutely brilliant uh, on this. Massive shout out to Cressy as well for calling in and I, I hope the Reds absolutely smash it for not everyone but for you and you know your your trip to Anfield um, and hopefully I'll bump into you. But guys, before you go, do you have anything to plug? Ollie, I'll come to you. Uh, d- 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 did something earlier in the week um, about a topic regarding Liverpool Football Club. Uh, oh, it was on, um, basically was why, <laughs> yeah, there we are. It was on, um, basically why, although sort of we're doing really good things now, like I think in the 13, 14 season, we all sort of, we didn't know at the time, but looking back, it was quite easy to see that it could all come collapsing down at one point. Whilst I think like I, it was, I said, I, I admitted in the article, I've been a bit boring, but whilst we're all getting sort of wrapped up in the Champions League when this season stuff, like we're making progress under Klopp that's, I think, really sustainable and we're going to keep getting better and better. Which, if anything, just makes what we're doing right now even more exciting. So go and have a read to that. You can be on my Twitter at Oliver underscore Anderson, or it'll be on the AI feed if you go in the likes. All the pods and articles are in there. So yeah, just keep on with that and up the reds. Yeah, do follow Ollie. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant person to follow on Twitter and an excellent writer as well. Uh, so do check out his work on Anfield Index. And what about you, Guy? You're a busy dude, as always. <laughs> as always. Um, the only guaranteed thing, I'll end up, I'll probably end up on Marlet, to be honest, but the only guaranteed thing, I'll probably be doing the uh, post-match, which I need to sort guests out for. So, yeah, I should be on that. Good, hopefully still be a good omen. Now that I've said that, I've probably wrecked it. So, anyway, uh, yeah, check me out after the Roma game. Hopefully we'll be happy. I can't recommend that show enough. I love the post-match for um, for the Champions League. You do an amazing job. I might be at the job next season. <laughs> Just, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, take I almost called you Babs there and you were going to come fight me. Again. I was going to fucking kill you again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you literally would be dead. Like You literally just aged a year. It, it's, it, it has been Guy's birthday, so guys, show him some love. You know, Wish him happy birthday. He's awesome. But guys, thank you so much. Um, You know, like I said, don't get too hung up on this game. Massive one against Roma that we absolutely need to smash them and smash them. We will. Thank you for listening. Until next time, up the Reds. Cheers.
Social Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.